This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. Just a quick little plug. Conference is coming up. God to us. September 22nd and 23rd. It's at a new venue this year. We're going to be at the, the Great Hall at Ambrose School. You can go and get details at ReformationBoise.com. Our two speakers are Dr. Jonathan Gibson and Dr. Miles Van Pelt. I'm extremely excited about the upcoming conference. They're, they're going to talk about how God is a God to us and, and how he has engaged with his people throughout all of time and how he desires to have a relationship with his people. And that, what that means is that God took the initiative, that God from the very beginning of time, took the initiative to make sure that he could be a God to us and to our children and, and his great faithfulness that really what it kind of boils down to is that God is a God of promise. And mm-hmm. what that makes it means is that he made promises and he keeps those promises. And to keep those promises, he, he sent forth his son. And so that is the great theme of mm-hmm. the scripture. And I'm so excited for the conference where those themes will be developed and brought out. And I've benefited from both of these men and and so excited that you also can benefit from them. I don't know how registration is going, but we are a little tighter on space. Mm. And so if it becomes an issue, I it, it really will be those that register first will be the ones that are, you know, if we have to turn people away, that that it will be the basis that we'll use, and we might not be able to have walk-ins. Um, I hope it's not that, um, but please register, um, ReformationBoise.com, and secure your spot for the upcoming conference. Are you registered? I am us? not, actually. <laughs> Jonathan, are you registered? I am not yet. <laughs> I am. Ryan is. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Vinny is. And and um, so Russell Vinny and Jonathan is. may not be here. Be yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might not see me at the conference. Yeah. I I did hear an interesting story this week of somebody that was trying to get into one of these, uh, you know, like Taylor Swift uh, things, and he couldn't buy tickets, mm-hmm. and so he he went in as a security guard. <laughs> he, he, he 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 applied for the position. <laughs> of all things that I thought I would never hear, Jonathan comparing the Reformation Boise Conference to Taylor Swift was was up there on the list you of actually, things. You actually find out that I am a current. I, I, <laughs> Jonathan is a Swifty. Okay, okay. okay. Um, as I mentioned in the last couple of days, we are down a man. Uh, Vinny is not with us to, today in the studio, which means that he will not be with us for several shows since we record several at a time. So we miss him, but we are still plugging away at answering questions from the Bible, and we're looking specifically in this little recording time at the person and work of Jesus Christ. And the question from the book is just simply this, but we're going to use this as a launch into other things. But the question was, 
did Jesus turn water into wine? And I just find this kind of funny that this was listed as one of the 50 <laughs> most important Bible questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the question is, did Jesus turn water into wine? And we can quickly say yes. yes. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> um, but what's underneath of that is really this whole idea mm. of did Jesus work miracles and then maybe go beyond that and say, well, why? Why did he do the miracles? Or, or, even, that, or even do miracles. Did miracles happen? What, yes. is, is there such a thing as miracle? You know, you're actually talking about something that would be supernatural. Yep. So do we believe in the Thomas Jefferson approach to the Bible where he literally cut out the miracles of the scriptures, or do we believe in the in the Bible that we have that unembarrassedly declares that God is a God of miracle? Well, I would I I love something that C.S. Lewis uh, wrote in his book God in the Dock. He he takes up this subject and uh, he actually uh, uses an Old Testament story. It's the story of Sennacherib who's invading Jerusalem and he's encamped around it, and you can read it in. Uh, and I think it's First Kings or Second Kings, Second King. Kings, Second Kings chapters eighteen and nineteen, or Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapter thirty-two. And uh, and in that, uh, in in Second Chronicles, we're told that an angel of the Lord destroyed Sennacherib's army in the in the middle of the night. So the naturalistic uh, explanation, and C.S. Lewis takes it up, and he. You know, there were those that say, when the Old Testament says that Sennacherib's invasion was stopped by angels, and Herodotus says it was stopped by a lot of mice who came and ate up all the bowstrings of his army, an open-minded man will be on the side of the angels. Uh, unless you start by begging the question, there's nothing intrinsically unlikely in the existence of angels or in the action ascribed to them, but mice just don't do this kind of thing. <laughs> you know, the, so he, he says, you know, you're begging the question, you know, when you try to give a naturalistic answer to something that is obviously supernatural, mm -hmm. uh, you, ha you have to go with what the Word of God says. One of the miracles in the Old Testament that's often, you know, kind of downplayed nowadays would be, you know, God's judgment in the days of Noah in a worldwide flood. There are those who reject that, which would be a... I mean, it's a, consider the whole world being flooded. I mean, it, to me, that's that's a miraculous thing that God did, but it was in judgment. And if we relegate that to, oh, it was just, you know, the, a regional flood, um, a massive regional flood in that area, which which some tend to do. If we do that and try to confine that into something that we can naturally explain, and ultimately what we end up doing is making God a liar, because after the flood. God gave us a sign of the rainbow. He made a covenant with Noah, and in that he said he would never do that again. And if the Noahic flood was just a regional flood, then God has broken his word. Because mm -hmm. we've experienced, even in our own day, massive regional floods. And um, so we, along the lines of what Jonathan was saying there, we can't try to explain these things away in a naturalistic sense. So if we truly believe that God is almighty, then these, what we know and experience as miracles are really no small thing, are, are no significant thing to God. Mm -hmm. I mean, for God to 
bring the world into existence out of nothing. Really? Do, are we going to quabble that he can turn have, water to wine? Turn water to wine, or have a, a great fish <clears throat> swallow a man? I mean, or stop yeah. the rotation of the earth in yeah, the ways of Joshua? Yeah. One of the things that we're doing too is we're using a word uh, miracle. And miracle is not a word that is necessarily in scripture except by translation. It was either signs mm-hmm. or power. It was you know or wonders. Or wonders. You know, those are those were the those were the words. Yeah, you know, I remember R. C. Sproul pointing out that he it was his opinion that only God does miracle. And only God can uh, do a miracle. What what we find in the Old Testament, particularly with you know Moses, you know when he's before Pharaoh and 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 God is doing all these signs mm-hmm. in order to convince Pharaoh to let his people go, but also to show his power. You know the the uh, magicians in Pharaoh's court were doing signs too, but they were they were the smoke and mirror kind of sign. They were mm-hmm. uh, what uh, you might call lying signs. And this is what Satan does. He does lying signs. He mm-hmm. doesn't really. He, the 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 power to do a miracle is God's alone. And you asked rest. You know, kind of what the purpose and along mm-hmm. those lines. You know, these signs. When John the Baptist was in prison and questioning, okay, is Jesus actually the one that we're looking for? Mm-hmm. And he sends it to his disciples, and they ask, "What does Jesus do?" But he points them to the prophecy fulfillment. Where the sight were receiving, or the blind receiving sight, the deaf were hearing, you know, the um, dead being raised, demons being cast out, all these miracles being done as proof of who he is. And then we also see in John uh, chapter 10, where the Pharisees, he's, Jesus is talking with the Pharisees about who exactly he is or, or how they don't believe in him. Uh, he says to them, if I do not do the works of my father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, meaning though you don't believe what I'm saying, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. And so there he gives us the reason why these signs are being performed. It's yes. to validate and that's the what, message and the and ministry. That, and that's what um, in the gospel John will bring out at the very conclusion, which is, Written in uh, John chapter 20, verse 30. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So the purpose of the signs was to point to Christ, to to validate Mm -hmm. who he was and, uh, you know, the message that he brought. And that's really what the book of Acts goes on to to describe as far as the work of the the apostles that it was uh, confirming the the miracles that the apostles did confirm the message what can confirm the message and the messenger mm-hmm. and so sometimes we get into this area today about are miracles still part of the work of the church and what I would say is no because the word has been confirmed right. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that miracles don't occur, but they don't occur as an ongoing work of the church like it, they did at the beginning of the New Testament. And sometimes we just get confused because people use the word wrong. Mm-hmm. The miracle of childbirth. That's right. not a miracle. Yeah, Childbirth yeah. is not a miracle. It happens multiple times every day. Yep. A miracle is when God deliberately sets aside – 
the normal routine of life, the normal occurrences of life, and intervenes in a way. Even laws of physics. Yes, <laughs> and changes things. So childbirth isn't a miracle. It's a wonder. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. delight. It's a mar- marvelous thing, mm-hmm. but it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's natural. This is what God created us to do, is to give birth. Well, not me personally, but <laughs> the humans give birth to humans. That's a miracle. Mm-hmm. So when we go through life, there are miraculous occurrences. You know, somebody's diagnosed with cancer. The cancer, all of a sudden, the doctors come back and say, it, it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that is a miracle. Mm-hmm. God has intervened in time and space and, and has redirected the, the flow of, of events that's mm-hmm. different than the trajectory they were on. That's and he does miraculous. that that he might receive the glory that's yep. due him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and he tells us that we can pray and ask for certain mm-hmm. things, and then, then then he'll give us those things. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't guarantee, you know, healing, but he does heal. And so the church doesn't need miracles to confirm the message. Mm-hmm. That's God's, been confirmed. Yes. Yeah. God graciously does miracles. But he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. He does so just because that's his his nature, that he's good and gracious and kind and sometimes decides for whatever his purpose is, I don't know, mm-hmm. that it, it this is the most beneficial thing to, to intercede and on behalf of, of his people. Yeah. And that's what he's always done throughout the Old Testament, even the New. He's he, he doesn't continually do miracles. He does a period of time for his purposes. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you tomorrow.